Hello, you beautiful haters, and welcome to Friday Fun Fact. I'm your hater-in-chief, Richard, and here on Friday Fun Fact, well, we like to have fun. I say we because of my many multiple personalities, who all say hi. So buckle up, everyone. You'll hate me by the end of this, but don't worry, next week you'll love me because you'll hate what I'm talking about just as much as I do. So now your fun fact for December 4th, 2020. The Sandlot is trash. Let's have a sand down, shall we? Okay, so admittedly, I'm going to have to probably switch up that little part of the intro because I'm running out of words that sound well with down. Anywho, on to the hating. The Sandlot is considered by many to be one of their happiest childhood memories. It is not. You're all wrong. It's considered that because of how many people tie it directly into their nostalgia dopamine drip, and it doesn't make any sense, especially for a certain select group of people. This group of people, whom it is especially galling from, are people who were born either within two years of this movie coming out in 1993, or that don't like baseball. Especially the ones that don't like baseball. I'm sorry, but if you don't like baseball, this is not your movie. Stop saying that it is. This movie was originally called The Boys of Summer, so good work maintaining the patriarchy. And I mean that. Good work. It's not like we need the help. We, after all, always win, but we will take it regardless. Apparently, it was based on somewhat of a true story. Turns out the writer-director David Mickey Evans had a brother who was not being allowed to play baseball with some older boys. The kid jumped a brick wall to get their ball back and got bit by a dog for his trouble. No word on if he got to play after that or if the dog was rabid, like the one portrayed in the movie. Or was it rabid? I forget. Anyway, point being, scary dog. The chewing tobacco those terrible children in the movie uh, used was made from licorice and bacon bits, which is somehow much, much worse. I mean, to think about it, I think I'd rather just have them film children using actual chewing tobacco. Teaches the kid a lesson, and doesn't combine licorice and bacon bits. No word on if it was black licorice. Black licorice should be a war crime, according to the Geneva Convention, and I have petitioned the UN to make it so. Don't worry. Turns out the dog in the movie was not real. Sucks to suck, dog lovers, which means it sucks to be me at this moment. Well, maybe not, because, again, this movie is terrible in my opinion. You know, it turns out the dog was actually animatronic, and it took two people, two people, to work it. It's kind of like that terrible horse costume meme you see, where Jim and Jan or Jim and John show up to the office work party in a donkey costume, and they had a big fight over who had to be the ass. Yeah, it's a lot like that. Only instead of that, where it's kind of funny for everybody else, it's punctured into a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. To add to the terribleness of this movie, it took 42 days to shoot it. Meaning you too can create an eventual cult classic with next to no effort, especially with our modern editing techniques. Now, because that movie only took 42 days to shoot, and they spent next to no money on it, I don't have a whole lot of facts on the Sandlot here, so we're going to move on to why it sucks and no one should watch it. You throw like a girl, a classic line from the movie, and deeply traumatizing to all women worldwide. Sorry, traumatizing to all peoples with vaginas. 
all over the world. I also saw an article that said Volvo owner. I don't know, and I mean Volvo, not Volvo. Volvo. Uh, Volvo owners require no real special treatment. They just picked a terrible automobile. It's a true tragedy of our time. Peoples with vaginas deserve to be upheld and encouraged, not put down with your terrible, bigoted remarks like, you throw like a girl. This movie only produced direct-to-DVD sequels, and that means it's terrible. Just like the fact that no man named Mitch will ever be a good NFL quarterback, no movie that can produce a direct-to-DVD sequel is good. None of them. Period. Never. Ever. Ever. It's never gonna happen. My not-so-subtle dig at Bears fans aside, if you turn off the nostalgia nozzle in your brain for 10 seconds while this movie is on, you'll realize I'm correct in everything in this episode, and here's why. For a 90s movie, this looks like it was shot in 1932 and colorized. I mean, I get how they didn't have a huge budget for it, but I'm sorry I expect better effects than I saw in the original Star Wars, which was shot 20 years before this. Now, I love a good America cliche, but holy God, they packed every possible summertime in America cliche into this movie's runtime, and that's just lazy at a point. Also convenient that it's the black guy's house where the big, mean, evil dog lives, huh? Way to be systemically racist, you racists. Again, I don't make the rules in 2020. I just enforce them arbitrarily like most people do nowadays. But really, though, I'm more offended that they did that to Darth Vader. James Earl Jones is a true hero of cinema, and they gave him a background role in a movie where you see, what, maybe ten minutes of him and all of his vocal glory? Seriously, is there a man with a better voice on this planet? I'm not even going to put myself on his level, and I'm egotistical as hell. This movie was no one's childhood, and stop telling yourself that it is. Seriously, remember that bit about it being based on a true story? It's about 33% of one event in the actual inspiration for the movie's childhood. So yeah, again, it's nowhere near your childhood. Your childhood was boring, unimportant, and nothing to sing praises about, as is most everyone else's. One of the main characters goes on to become a radio personality and is so happy. Now, I could take issue with the other main character becoming hometown baseball hero, right? How often does that happen? But here's the thing. We have actual physical proof of a hometown kid getting to play for a professional team in his home state, at least. You can see it many times. There is, however, no radio host that is completely sober and completely happy. It's not a thing. I promise you, it's not. I know from much experience that the ones that are completely sober are 10 seconds away from putting a shotgun in their mouth. Now here's a partial list of things that are better, more heartfelt, and more entertaining to watch than The Sandlot. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Field of Dreams, Moneyball. I hear they made some sort of wizard-based movie. should maybe check that out if you're into that kind of thing. Schindler's List, Sophie's Choice, Game of Thrones, and Paint Drying, to name just a few things that are better options for you to watch than this hour-plus-long visual turd. And now for the Sandlot-less Utopia. Think of the Utopia that we'd have if this movie never existed. 
If you remember back to 10 seconds ago when I went over that list of better things to watch, you can spend more time watching those without having to try and justify your inane love for this movie. I'm going to circle back around to people who don't like baseball for a second. As a man whose first love was the game of baseball, I am deeply offended by this. If you don't love baseball, you have literally no reason to like this movie. It is a movie around baseball. If you don't like baseball, I repeat, do not watch The Sandlot. If you don't like baseball and you claim to love The Sandlot, you are a liar somewhere. I don't know where exactly, but you're lying to everyone else. Anyway, on to the next thing. Listen, like I said, your childhood was not The Sandlot. Don't tell me it was. Your childhood dreams are dead. It's okay. Literally, 99.9% of childhood dreams die throughout the entirety of human history. Is that bad? No, actually. My childhood dream was to be quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. It's good that that one's dead. I'd be a complete laughingstock if that dream had come true. I'm only a halfway laughingstock now, and I feel that's about average. And honestly, the idea that the radio host at the end is not only sober, but also watches a childhood friend of his play professional baseball is infuriatingly fictional. This never happens ever, and I'm very bitter that it made it into a movie. I may be projecting here. Okay, my rant is done. I still love you all, remember. I suppose we do live in a free country, one that allows for you to watch your terrible movie until I am the god emperor, of course, and, like always, you will all then learn. However, if you'd like a better viewing experience, well, I'd suggest just staring directly into the sun. If you enjoyed this abuse, head on over to the Patreon page, The Hater-in-Chief, and for a mere five bucks a month, you can help support what I do. If you'd like more hate, I have even more membership opportunities. If you'd like to hear me talk about some history, a personal love of mine, like baseball, then head on over to Patreon and sign up for my second tier. The next episode is about the First Sino-Japanese War, a fascinating tale of modernization and isolationism over in the Far East. And then after that, I'm moving way back in history to 1756 and the Seven Years' War. Remember, despite the fact that you all suck, I still love you. After all, without you, I'd have to get a real job, and that sounds terrible. Peace be to you and yours, and have a great week. My multiple personalities and I will see you next Friday. (laughs) 